Hey guys, my name is Ben Berman and welcome to the Starting It Up podcast where I interview all types of entrepreneurs uncovering actionable steps and inspiration that you can use to build your business, your side hustle, whatever it is that you're trying to create and live the life you've always wanted. Welcome to the podcast. Today we talk with Nathan Latka. Uh, we dive into his bio right at the beginning, but Nathan has just come out with, with his book. It's called How to Be a Capitalist Without Any Capital. Uh, it's a really interesting read. You know, He focuses on four rules that you have to break and, and the four rules that you have to embrace in order to become a part of the new rich for, for this era in 2019. A lot of people have been comparing it to Tim Ferriss's Four Hour Work Week. You know, having read both books, I think that that's a really, you know, it's a fair, it's a fair comparison. The biggest thing about Nathan's book is that it's filled with screenshots of his tax returns, email correspondence with investors, uh, people he tried to buy companies from. It's it's a very fascinating uh, book where you know everything is broken down into into very easy to read sections. We talk about this in the podcast as well, but on a personal level, Nathan was one of the people who got me, you know, was the person that got me involved in podcasts, especially business podcasts. I had listened to a show years ago, you know, really, uh, really dived into this thing, started my own podcast. And uh, he was on the top of the list of people I wanted to interview. And, you know, uh, it happened a lot quicker than I thought. So big shout out to him. Uh, for everyone out there who, who's listening, Nathan's one of those guys that, you know, really just being around him really gets you, you know, in the zone and, and hungry to, to start a business, to, to launch something, to go out there and do big things. So I hope you guys find a lot of value in this. You know, Nathan was on the go uh, while you we were recording, so the audio quality might not be the greatest, but, you know, the, the lessons here are. So hope you guys enjoy and here it goes. Hey guys, uh, welcome to the podcast. Today we have on uh, Nathan Ladka. Who is um, who? He's actually a, a lot of things. He just recently came out with a new book called "How to Be a Capitalist Without Any Capital." Uh, it's doing really well. He's on the road promoting it. Before that, he had started a technology company called Heyo when he was in college. Uh, he's also the host and producer of the Top, the one of the fastest growing business podcasts in the world, with over 10 million downloads. Uh, I just like to start with this, Nathan. So, uh, two or three years ago, I was kind of just going through iTunes, and I came across your podcast. Um, and this was just like totally, the first totally randomly. Yeah, totally. I I'll be honest. I can't even remember how I found it. Um, all I remember is that. I, you know, listened to it and I got hooked. I was listening to like two, three, four <laughs> episodes a day. And this was like my first podcast, not even just business podcast, like podcasts in general I've ever listened to. Um, and then, you why know, were you, why were you scrolling through the business podcast? Like, were you, do, were you searching for me or you were just curious one day? No, I, I just was curious. Um, like I, uh, I mean, I like business, I like startups, uh, and I was just looking, you know, like I've never listened to a podcast before, so I was just looking at like what they had. I saw this and I was like, you know, 15 minutes, I'll give it a listen because it's like one of the shorter ones. Um, yeah, I got hooked on it. And Why? I don't know. I just really like the fast paced uh, style of it. And I mean, out of all like, you know, it was the first thing I knew, but it was super informative. Like I was learning more from from that podcast than I was um, from like class, from my own research, uh, you're just able to like, you know, you're talking to CEOs, asking them real business questions. Um, 
so it was it was really cool like as like a sophomore junior in college like i started to learn a ton about uh SaaS company software as a service i love that and you, now, yeah. do you, have your, you don't have your own SaaS yet do you no, I don't have my own SaaS yet, but but after reading your book, I I started um looking at the Chrome store, um to to maybe like try to buy a a plugin and and maybe um kind of you know turn that into a business. But like, yeah, so you, you know like it was really cool that that yours podcast was the first thing I, I found and, and I got really hooked on. And you know down the line, I started listening to a bunch of other podcasts, got really into the whole startup thing, and you know you know, a few months ago, launched my own, you know, startup focused podcast. So it's kind of been a big goal to have you on. And, you know, I finally met you last week, it kind of like all came together that you're having this book release. So it's great, man. I'm glad you came. Did you, did you have fun? Yeah, I had a really great time. I've, I've never, uh, I, I told you this before, but I've never been to a, a, a like book signing, uh, it just wasn't really my thing. But you know, I figured I wanted to meet you, I wanted to get you on the pod. So uh, I should definitely stop by. Um, it was yeah, it was yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I was, I was like telling people this, it's like, you know, you always, I, I never thought I'd have you on the pod so soon. Like this is going to be, you know, I'm only like 11 or 12 episodes in right now. This, this goes along with what you were saying in your book, you know, just go and do things. Um, you know, just reach out to people, put yourself out there and you never know what can happen. So yeah, I just like to, you know, thank you again for, for agreeing to do this. It uh, definitely means a lot to me. Yeah. Yeah, you bet. I think like the trick is now is like, how do how to make sure like you create a podcast that like people get addicted to, right? So, so eager yeah. to hear what questions you have. Yeah, for sure. Um, yes. So, that, I mean, that's, that's a really great question. Uh, I'd actually love to just maybe just go right into it that way. What is your advice for how to create a podcast that people get hooked on? Were you aiming to, you know, kind of please a certain demographic or did you just, you know, find your own voice, go at it and then have people who really liked the content that you put out, just stick with it. Well, like there's just a lot of content that I get bored with. Like Tim Ferriss is too long at two hours. John Lee Dumas with 15, 20 minutes. is like, it's fluffy, duffy questions. Like what's your biggest failure? And I'm like, you know what? There's no one doing like a hard hitting, like aggressive. I mean, really aggressive 15 to 20 minute with software CEOs. And so that's what I started yeah. doing. And it's clear, as they say, there's riches in the niches, right? And like <laughs> this niche is extremely valuable. And so that's where I've doubled down. So like, you have to find like that same voice for your show, right? Like what, like the audience has to be like rooting for you. So my audience is always wondering like, is he going to get the revenue data? Is he going to get the valuation? Right? And they're either rooting for me or against me to get it from the CEO. And so then every time in the CEO, when I resolve one of those points, it's like a dopamine hit to my listeners. So like you have to figure yeah. out what are the dopamine hits you give your listeners. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's a great point. I, you know, I'm thinking about it right now. I don't know what my dopamine hit would be, but but like now that you said it, it, it definitely is that case. Like I was listening to a couple episodes earlier today and it's like one of the guys was like, you know, I don't want to go into the numbers. And then you asked him the question like two or three <laughs> different ways and he ended up actually just giving you the information. And and that ties into like one of the questions that I, I had for you. Like how did you uh, how did you develop that, you know, really aggressive, like finesse kind of mindset and, and ability where, you know, you just kind of do things uh, without really worrying about like repercussions and you just, you know, uh, are very aggressive about things like, is that how you've always been? Or did you, you know, purposefully like develop that in order to, you know, propel yourself forward? No, I mean, it's definitely purposely developed because I realized I could get away with it and there was no downside. Like there is no downside. So why would I not like push really hard to the point of conflict when people don't want to give me their numbers? <laughs> you know, because see, the thing is, 
like we all have a common enemy, which is like the baloney CEO that brags about how fast they're growing. But then you look at their finances and they're burning like a million dollars a month and they're broke as heck. Like everyone hates that guy. So like I'm basically trying to make people tell the truth so we can figure out whether the person's legit or not. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's super helpful and, uh, and very true. And, uh, so, so my question would be like, you, you started this podcast, you know, uh, like after, um, selling Heyo, although you, you know, you had an exit, it wasn't a huge exit. It's not like you came out, uh, as like a super successful tech CEO, yeah, I, then, didn't have, I didn't have I didn't have screw you money, Ben. Like yeah. that's what I, I joked about at the event. Yeah, yeah. So like, what then kind of gave you the um, like the belief in yourself that you can go and interview and grill essentially like these CEOs of, of some companies that are you know um, many of them are at the time were more, way more successful than you were. Like, like you know what really gave you that authority uh, in your own head to then go out and, and really you know, just kind of say whatever you wanted and, and, and just like, you know, position yourself in that way. Like, was it something that have, did you have, have to deal with that issue? Like, did you ever feel like you were an imposter or did it just like come naturally to you and, or you just figured like, I, this is something I have to just overcome? No, look, I think most people become what they imagine. And the big problem is most people have no imagination. It's like, <laughs> I was imagining that I was like Oprah basically, and I could yeah. get anything i wanted and eventually now that that's that's extremely true i mean people are calling this show the number one business podcast out there it's past 10 million downloads growing extremely fast and i am having people on like jay who's the president of atlassian right they're doing a billion dollars yeah. in annual revenue uh cvent ceo reggie just came on they're doing 700 million in arr so like i just have no problem grilling these people and you know what ben most of the time afterwards they respect it because they're used to people cooing and awing at their feet about how successful they are. They love a guy like me coming in going, all right, let's see if you're the real deal. What are the numbers? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's an awesome point. Um, and, and to tie a little bit of, of that into, into your book. So you talk about something called like the multiplication principle or, or, or rule where essentially you, um, take different things and different skills that you have and, and different pieces of leverage, combine them together to create something a lot greater. For you, it was your your podcast um, and all the data that you had. You put that together into like an Excel spreadsheet, uh, eventually packaged it in, in a way, you know, um, online and then sold that information uh, for, you know, five and five figures, six figures to private equity firms, investors. Um, how can people who, you know, may have uh, multiple skills who don't necessarily see the the cross referencing between them as something like doable, how can someone start to think about things like that um, to really like better propel themselves to to create something uh, larger than what they currently have? I, mean, I don't know that I quite understand the question, right? I mean, m here's the thing. Most people can't do what I do because they're stuck in a job. Like, mm -hmm. like, like, if they had an idea at their job about like how to make more money and they do it, well, the company just makes more money. They don't make more money. It's like the first thing is to set yourself up where you're, you're betting on yourself, right? You got you to gotta do something, have your own company where if you start making more money, it actually goes like to you. And so that's step one. Gotcha, gotcha. Makes sense. Um, so yeah, you know, I'd actually at this point, I'd like to turn it over to you because I, I gave a, a quick 
you know background on on who you are and and where you are right now but could you uh maybe you know do your own just like tell us like your story about how you went from you know college student all the way now to you know a pretty famous guy just like who who's on CNBC you're on Fox Business you're on Cheddar all in the past like week or so uh promoting this this book that's that's now becoming a bestseller just give us like an intro to your story from your point of view yeah, well, I mean, it all started on page like 19 in the book where I pre-sold my first thing in college for $700. And once I realized that I, you know, had a pre-sell, which basically means I could get cash, customer cash, then reinvest elsewhere, I said, wow, like I could, I could build a business here. And so that thing started to take off to the point where if you flip to page 243 in the book, you see there's a $6.5 million acquisition offer that I turned down for October 20th, I think, 2011. And so once I turned that down, I kept building the company, building the company um, to the point where in, on page six, you see my 2013 tax return. And uh, that was like, you know, we grew to about $939,000 in sales that year. And so all of this growth like came from just me creating momentum, the pre-sales, turning on the acquisition, growing to almost a million bucks in sales, and ultimately ended up selling the company for a flash sale in 20. 14 or 2016 we were doing about six hundred thousand dollars in sales i sold it for three hundred thousand dollars total we still had a million two in the bank so i had a million five in the bank after the deal returned as much as i could to investors and then moved on to the podcast after that which i fully own um i then turned the podcast into a machine you can see on page i think it's 24 25 26 my first podcast agreements were like 6400 bucks basically and this was totally unexpected I then just use that script over and over again. And now my podcast sponsors are paying 180 grand a pop per year. And I have many of wow. them. So like, I mean, I can keep going, but like these things like pile on each other, right? The podcast is what got me the book deal. The book deal announcement is what got me the TV show deal, right? The TV show deal is going to get me a bunch of other stuff that I don't know what they are yet. So this is like the power of momentum. And I think the reason I have so much momentum is because I just, I have more stuff in the air. I have more shots at getting lucky than you do or that anyone else does. I'm just, I'm doing more stuff. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's a really great point. I think. Uh, so I, my question would be then, like, so say you know, how did you think about it strategically? Like, you went from from starting this company to starting the podcast, starting the podcast to doing the TV show, TV show to book. Was that all part of one major plan, or were you just trying to just do as many things as you could, essentially randomly, uh, and then you know keep trying to progress to the next thing? Because I think a lot of people out there are, and this isn't definitely isn't the right mindset, but they might be stuck. They want to do like five different things, and they know that if they try to do all five, they won't be able to do them effectively. So now they're stuck between choosing like the one or two to do immediately. How would you recommend people to think about that? Well, like, I mean, look, first off. Everything I did wasn't just like random and lucky. I mean, I generally knew I wanted to be in software. And so interviewing software CEOs is a good extension. Having a TV show related to investing is a good extension. Launching a magazine for SaaS CEOs at NathanMicah.com forward slash magazine is a good extension. Like I'm playing like in the same neighborhood. It's just I'm building a park on one side. I'm building a pool on another. I'm building townhouses on another. I'm planting trees in the middle. Yeah. Like They're all in the same park, if that makes sense. So the trick is to like, launch many things in the same park and you're, where you get lucky is where they start to overlap where you didn't even predict yeah yeah that makes that makes sense and i guess it's kind of like uh similar to you know envision where you want to be and then you know find a way to get there by like reverse engineering 
kind of uh, you know what it what it'll actually take. So so that's definitely you know really great advice. Um, and I want to focus now on you know your your book centers around four uh, rules that that we have to break uh, to become a part of the new rich. You know the the premise being that you know the old rules uh, are no longer in effect. Uh, just because you know of the way we live, of kind of the way the world is, and you actually wrote your book wanting it to not be relevant after a few years because you think that this is just like something that works in the here and now. Can you talk a little bit about that and maybe uh, talk about where people get the most caught up and and why you think that's the case? Ben, you mean most caught up in what? Like with uh, those four rules. Well, well, people get caught on all of them. Like that's why the average wealth in the U.S. is negative four thousand dollars, right? Mm-hmm. The masses are broke, and it's because they bought into these four rules. Which, by the way, these rules were sold to us by people who are rich and famous who don't want us competing with them. So they sell us fake rules so that we chase a target that we shouldn't be chasing. They distract us, and so I just quickly realized this and said, "No, you need to copy your competitors." Number two, you should never be setting goals. You should be building systems. Like number three, you should never do one thing. You should have multiple things in the air at the same time to get lucky. And lastly, no, you should never follow the hot trend. You should always sell pickaxes to gold miners or sell into the hot trend. It's like those are the four rules you need to break to really join the new rich. And it's rules that are counterintuitive because, again, the wealthy and powerful today have sold us on them. They keep us broke. Yeah. Gotcha. That makes a lot of sense. And uh, so, you know, reading your book, I think that, you know, on, on a personal level for me, one of the most interesting um, parts was, you know, about the copying and how you don't have to create something new uh, to make something great and, and something that can, you know, generate you a lot of money and, and be a success. Um, you mentioned, you know, acquiring companies, particularly uh, software companies that you can find online for little to no money. Um you know, looking at your book, it's full of screenshots, and and I'm seeing all of those. And I'd love to know, you know, your strategy behind this and how you got so good at negotiating. Because when when I'm reading through the screenshots, there's a lot of times where I'm like, I wouldn't have said this. You know what I mean? I would have just maybe backed off too too early. Like, give me give me an example. Yeah, like when you uh, so when you reached out to to the company um that actually had like a hundred thousand dollars in debt, and you essentially convinced them to pay you money to take on the company. I, I think that, you know, in that situation, even though they have this like, you know, giant piece of piece of debt, like most people could realize that like that can be kind of uh, gotten rid of in a certain way. And I don't know if they would have asked for that company to actually pay them to take this entire organization with a giant email list and everything off of their hands. So how did you think about that? And and just what it is what is it about like your negotiation style and and how have you gotten better at it that that's allowed you to do these things? Well, look, I mean, I looked at that deal and I just said, "Okay, this is worth 100 grand to them." Like if I don't if their opportunity cost if I don't, if they don't do deal with me, they have to pay this $100,000. If they do deal with me, they don't have to pay 100 grand. So, I'm going to take a little bit of that. So I made them pay me $15,000. That's much better to them than paying $100,000. So they paid me $15,000 to take over the company. I then renegotiated the $100,000 in debt because I knew the person who held the debt. I pushed, basically pushed it out and it on a payment structure and, and just got a great deal with essentially infinite returns because I paid nothing for it. So it's just, it just comes down to understanding what the other person wants and helping them get it and then making sure that there's something in it for you as well. So I totally get that. And I just want to like dive kind of a little bit deeper. So, you know, I'm guessing that the people you bought the company from are, you know, obviously smart people. Like, why didn't they think about just doing all of that themselves or just, you know, selling that email list for uh, for a bunch of money? Like, why did 
Um, like, what is it about you that saw this opportunity that most other people wouldn't have seen? Is it just like all the experience that you've had with uh, with business, with the podcast, or is it just like you're always thinking outside the box? Like, I just want to get like how you developed your mindset to to function that way. I just think I just think you're giving me too much credit to be honest. <laughs> like, I went I went to Google Chrome, I sorted by users, high to low. I then looked at which ones were updated the longest ago. So if it said it hasn't been updated in eight months, that's a signal to me that they're not interested in it anymore. Okay. Well, they hadn't updated their extension in like a year and a half. I'm like, wow, it must not be important to them anymore. So I shot them a cold email. And you see the email in the book. It says like potentially acquiring MX Hero, right? Mm -hmm. I then started like working down, uncovering liabilities, and ultimately came to a deal that I did over email with them. But like, this is just like a very simple step function. Like, look, my genius, like what you can't copy from me is my creativity. Mm -hmm. Like me writing and coming up with a subject line in the first place. Yeah. But once I do it and it works, just copy me. I mean, that's why I put all the stuff in the book. Like use my exact same tactic. Um, that stuff is copyable. Yeah, I mean that, that that's definitely like a very you know solid point. Um, and in, in terms of your creativity, then I, I'd like to ask, like, how did you get that way? Like, is this something that you know? Did your parents like always say you're just a creative kid? All your friends always know that, or did you kind of like have to become this way? Because for me, you know, I, I definitely think that the way I am right now isn't like how I grew up. You know, now I'm. But especially with the podcast, I am reaching out to a lot of people. I'm kind of putting myself out there. And, you know, growing up, it was definitely not something that I liked to do or wanted to do or did at all. Um, so in terms of your creativity and just like seeing things, like how did that come about? And, you know, what advice would you have for someone to develop that creativity muscle and, and become more creative? I think that, look, the reason I'm creative is like I dedicate time to like dream, right? And I, and I dedicate and like what I'm dreaming is like, what do I want my next headline to be? Yeah. And then I figure out, like, and nothing is off the table. I come up with any headline I want. And then when I find one I like, I go, great. I'm now going to go figure out how to make that true. And that's, like, how I live my life. <laughs> so I think most people just don't live their life that way, right? So, like, the next headline I want to make true, I told you guys at the launch event what it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, I won't tell your audience, but, like, that gives you a sense of, like, I'm a, how big I'm thinking. I'm, I'm excited to see that. I'm a... It's just gonna be like one of the funniest things, just kind of like watching. I know everyone out here doesn't know what we're talking about, but um, but I feel like they'll they'll see eventually. Um, and yeah, so you know, just to spin off of that, you said you like to think big. You like to always just go out there and do it. Uh, I guess you know, I totally get that. Right now, you're focused on the book, but you know, what's in store for you, uh, professionally and personally after, you know, the book launch is kind of settling down. Do you want to go back and start like a really big SaaS company? Do you want to do something else? Uh, where's your head at, uh, with all of that? I think people will have to watch and find out. <laughs> all right. All right. Fair enough. Because then, because then the answer is I have no fucking clue. Yeah. Like, like I'm getting hit with opportunities every day now and I kind of get, I get to pick and choose. Right. Mm -hmm. So like if I wake up one morning and I want to do something, I do it. If I want to eliminate something, I, I kill it. You know? So when you think about everything that you do, you do a million things, you're a real estate investor, you have a show, all of these things, which if, if you can choose uh, at this point, you know, regardless of how much money they're bringing you in and everything, which, uh, which of those things are, are what do you enjoy the most? Is it the podcast? Is it the show? Is it being an author? Um, like just on a personal level, what brings you the most enjoyment? Debating. I love debating. Okay. So whether that's whether that's like having a CEO on my show and debating them. Yeah. 
before going with Stuart on Barney and Co on Fox Business and debating on you know socialism versus capitalism. I just I love debating and convincing people that my way is the right way. Gotcha. <laughs> How successful would you say you are in that? Like on an average debate? Well, I don't actually know. By the way, I also it's easy to convince me, right? Like I also change my mind a lot. If someone convinces me of something, I change my mind and I go with it. And then I say it was my idea probably. Um, but <laughs> you get my point, right? Yeah. Like I don't really have a measurement for how many times I want it. It's just, I like, I like collecting other people's thoughts. I like debating them. I like being provocative to like get the most out of them. And that's a good strategy, I think. Gotcha. Yeah. And I mean, I, I don't think I noticed this until, uh, until your book event, until we actually met, but like, I never realized how much fun you just have, like doing all these things. Like when you were talking about, you know, all your plans and, and all the kind of like tactics that you used to promote the book, it just seemed like, you know, this was something that just gave you so much excitement, which I, I guess you can kind of tell with the podcast, but, but it's really interesting that that's like your passion and, and, and it's great because like, from that, it can stem to anything, talking to people, just getting to know people, asking good questions, self-promotion, all of that stuff, uh, you know, with more like technical skills, like put in between can just create so much cool stuff. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's right. Yeah. And that's that's awesome. And it's like, I guess I guess with that part, it's kind of like this something that's a part of you. And I, I feel like, you know, that's that's not something that's teachable, I guess. Like if someone doesn't enjoy it, then I guess they never will. But but also it doesn't mean that they won't be successful. You know, they can just do so many other things. Um, they don't have to do exactly what you did. Obviously, you say to copy you and all that, but um, or they could just copy certain things. So uh, so, yeah, I mean, it was definitely really cool to, to watch your journey. And I know that a lot of other people have been talking about this too, about how you're just like coming on the scene right now. And, you know, there are people who have been watching you for a while, but I think, you know, now you're becoming super mainstream. So if you could kind of just like tell everyone in the audience, like one thing uh, that you would just like want them to know, you know, uh, could be from the book, could be from anything, say people are listening like right now and, you know, they're in a job they don't want to be They're uh, you know, starting a business and it's not going the way they, they want. What is like the one thing that everyone can do right now to immediately put themselves in a better situation? Just like mentally tell yourself that you don't have the job anymore or that you don't have the business. And once you come face to face with the fact that like you actually don't need those things, you can start to take risks to figure out how to replace them, right? Replace the income streams, replace them. So, but, but mentally getting yourself in a position where you don't need those things is the first big point of leverage you got to create for yourself. Gotcha. And I guess that also kind of, you know, stems from your negotiation strategy where you said, you know, the best time to negotiate is when you actually have nothing to lose because then you can push it as far uh, as possible to try to get the maximum value. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. You don't really lose anything. Um, that's exactly that's exactly right. Yeah. Yep. And I th for me, I've just like started thinking about that so much. Uh, like I think once once everyone realizes that like that you can just push things like you don't have to be, you know, a, a dick about about everything. But there are certain things that you have to like push and just see how far you can go uh, because you'd be really surprised, um, you know, exactly what happens. But yeah, Nathan. Yep. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No, saying, yeah, that's dead, that's dead on. Awesome. Well, yeah, I know, um, yeah, I know that you're a super busy guy and you've got a ton going on, uh, right now. So we can end it at that. Um, Nathan Lacka, everyone, it was, it was really great talking to you. Um, been wanting to do this podcast for a while. So I'm super excited that we got a chance to connect. Feel free to, to shout out your book, tell everyone where they can get it. Um, tell everyone where they can, you know, check out the pod and all that. You know, look, by the way, I would say, like, don't buy the book, right? I mean, go to capitalistbook.com. I give so much away for free there. 
it's going to be way more valuable. But I'm going to be taking it down soon. So just go to capitalistbook.com, check it out, free. Folks will like it. Uh, and if they want to chat with me, I'm on Twitter all the time. So feel free to tweet me and I'll tweet back. Okay, awesome. All right, there you have it, guys. Uh, Nathan Latka, thanks again uh, so much for doing this. You bet. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening. If you like what you heard, go rate and subscribe to the podcast. Even share it with your friends if you found the lessons valuable. We do the show every week, so stay tuned for more episodes. And till next time.